Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. I'm your host, Jared Weich. Join me as always is Dominic. So I know I have a bald spot right here. <laughs> I discovered that. Yeah, he, just recently. He's uh, Dom's Last becoming time. an actor. He's going to be auditioning for the roles of like Sleuther and Bane and any other bald-headed character. Hitman. Yeah. Uh, Walter White. Walter White after episode one, I guess. <laughs> or is it? I don't know how late it is in that series. Ah, he's all over the place. Yeah. 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 Um, anyways, no Jordan this week. He will be back next week, more than likely. Episode 101. Uh, last week was our episode 100. We had pre-recorded that. Uh, hopefully you guys liked it. We talked about uh, what the podcast meant to us. Uh, from my perspective, anyways, getting the podcast started. From Dom and Jordan's perspective, getting a message from some guy asking if they want to do a gaming podcast and interviewing them and stuff like that. So uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting discussion. I obviously listened to it again when I was editing it and... Uh, it's just crazy that it's, this isn't our main thing by any means. It's just something we do for fun and a hobby, but it's cool to like, it's just a cool milestone, right? To be like, I did a hundred episodes of something. I just really think that's really cool. Um, yeah. Anyways, episode 101, uh, have a lot to talk about in terms of what we've been playing, have some new stories we'll get to, too. Um, obviously it's post E3, so we don't have a whole lot of super interesting news. There's a couple of new stories we didn't hit last week because of episode 100 that I want to talk about this week with, uh, Dom. Um, but in terms of what we've been playing, I guess I'll get through my stuff. Um, so I've been trucking way through Hollow Knight, uh, loving that game. Um, I I would say I'm probably about, if I were to be able to pull on my Switch, I could tell you the exact time. But I would say I'm probably about 20 hours in, give or take. Uh, maybe a couple hours less, maybe a couple hours more. But off the top of my head, thinking about all the times I played it, I'm probably a little over 20 hours in or around there anyways. Um, not much to say there. Um, I've already expressed how I feel about Hollow Knight. You'll probably talk about your perspective here in a bit, Dom, so I'd rather just save it for you to talk about. Um, but I've also been playing Crash Insane Trilogy. This came out last week. I've been waiting for this. Obviously, I don't own a PS4 yet. And uh, Crash is something that means a lot to me. It was uh, a trilogy of games from my childhood. And when I found out these were getting remastered, I was super stoked. I ended up buying them on the Xbox, uh, not Switch. Um, just because I think they look better on the Xbox, and I want the achievements, obviously. Speaking of that, uh, I beat all three games, I think, within, like, a 36-hour span of buying the game. Like, I just got Damn. super into it. They're not very long. They're challenging. So, if you're good at platformers, not tooting my own horn or anything, but, like, I'm decent at games. So, once I got in the groove, I was like, well, it's better for me just to, like, get through them than to, like play something else and come back because then I'll definitely be stuck, right? So I just, like, hammered away through them, had a blast. Now I'm going back and doing the the achievement grind. Um, There's a total of 3,000 achievement points. Uh, Obviously, it's 1,000 per game. And I'm currently sitting at a little less than 2,000. The achievements I need now are the... uh, I I don't know how familiar you are with Crash, Dom. I'm assuming not too familiar. No, uh, I just hate it. Yeah, but each level, uh, there's basically a time trial you have to complete and uh, a, a, a different thing you have to complete to get a gem, which is get all the boxes in the level. So it'll tell you you've hit or destroyed uh, 30 out of 62 boxes, right? So if you get 62 out of 62, you'll get a gem at the end of the level. And uh, the other thing is a time trial. Depending on how fast you beat the level, you'll either get a gold, a platinum, a sapphire, a uh, time trial trophy, so basically, the achievements are tied to getting at least a gold or better in the time trials on all the stages and getting all the gems, right? So I've just been working my way through that, having a blast. Um, absolutely love those games. Um, 
not much to say there. I, there's not really a conversation to be had between us because I know you're not really a huge fan of Crash, so... I don't know what we can say about it. But what I will say is that I'm super stoked that we're getting Spiral on Xbox at the same time that PlayStation's getting it. Because it was tough waiting a year for this. And I know this isn't like the console seller, even though this game did sell really well on PlayStation last year. Um, I'm glad that Spiral's releasing on everything at the same time, which is really cool. Yeah, that's one where we where we predicted before, right? Where this time around Activision... Are they doing? Yeah, Spyro as well. Yep, they own both. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, this time around, Activision was just at, said absolutely no to any exclusivity that was offered to them. I can imagine when they probably, uh, you know, under forecasted the demand for Crash and you know made people wait a while. So that that's my prediction. It seems to make sense. Well, I think also Crash is though Spyro is tied to PlayStation. It's not in nearly the same way that Crash was. Like Crash was in the commercials. Um, also, Spyro had a life past. Unfortunately for us fans of the original Spyro, Spyro had a second life in the Skylander series, right? And the Skylander series was hugely mm-hmm. popular yeah, with right. kids. So I think Activision sees a more mass appeal in terms of fans of all age ranges, so they don't want to tie it to the PlayStation, whereas Crash is definitely more of a nostalgia play. Um, so anyways, I'm excited for Spyro because whether you like or dislike the the platforming Crash, the level of polish of this remaster is incredible. And I really wish for fans of any old games that they get the treatment uh, for the series that they love the way I got this with, tr- with Crash. Because it's really beautiful. If you go and look at the original Crash games and you look at these games, it's it's really incredible. It's like the Shadow of the Colossus thing. Like these remasters, I think are important. Like people say, like why are you remastering games? You're just signing us the same game twice. I think a remaster is a little bit of a different case because you're kind of giving these games a second life. And in terms of video game history, you're preserving them a lot better, right? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just stoked that this game exists and I'm excited for Spyro. Um, Sea of Thieves. So obviously for me, I liked Sea of Thieves when it came out. It's definitely content light, but they have a huge content roadmap. They've understood that they didn't deliver what people expected, and they've been hammering away. They actually have weekly developer updates talking about stuff that's coming to the game. And uh, did you did you um, play Banjo-Kazooie growing up, Dom? No, never got into that. Okay, so obviously Banjo-Kazooie, another 3D platformer that I loved rare who makes sea of thieves made banjo kazooie and um in sea of thieves you can customize your ship right and for the 20th anniversary of of banjo kazooie dom they uh released a banjo kazooie mast into the game so it's like a bear carved out of wood with like a shield in front of it with the red bird on it which is obviously banjo and kazooie and you can go in there and for it's like for like a thousand gold or something oh it's uh 1998 gold 1998 when the game came out um Ah. you can get it and it can be on your ship and though i'm not playing sea of thieves constantly or at all right now i'm waiting for it to fill up with more content i was like i had to log in and get that mast so in the future i have a banjo kazooie mast right i think it's really cool it gets me excited for other opportunities with other rare franchises because outside of like obviously goldeneye which isn't their property rare has a history of other games viva pinata less goes on and on um, so I'm excited to see what else they bring to Sea of Thieves in terms of content that's inspired by other rare games. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Not a huge thing, but still really cool. I actually posted a picture on Twitter if you want to check it out uh, of the mast in the game. 
the Darwin Project went free this week. Uh, if you remember, Dom, the Darwin Project was the Shoutcaster Battle Royale game that was announced at yep. last year's Xbox conference. Um, it didn't play well to some people. I know Jordan didn't really didn't like it. I don't, I don't remember your opinion on it. I liked the Shoutcasting as over-the-top as it was. Um, but the game went free to play this week, um, which they say the game has been selling particularly well. But in my opinion, if the game's going free to play this late, uh, I, I don't know if that bodes well for it. <laughs> Either way, I tried it out. It's advertised as a battle royale, but it's only 10 people per match, and it's really about survival. So you have to – there's like a cold meter because it takes place like in a snowy forest. So you have to make these campfires to make sure you don't die of, of – uh, overexposure to the cold. Um, it's okay. I, I think it was... I ha- the funny thing, I only paid one game in it, Dom, and I won. Uh, I'm not saying that means I'm really good at it or whatever. I'm pretty sure it was just a bunch of other people that downloaded it the day it came came to be free. But I played it. I won the match, and it's just like... It's not very fun to me, personally. Like, only having 10 people in the match, it revolves more around um, bow and arrows and, like, an axe that you have. And it just didn't really do much for me. The fact that there's only 10 people kind of loses a lot of the excitement there. So um, it was what it was. I had a decent time. I played one game, and I was like, yeah, that's enough. I won one match. I'll, I'll call it at 100% here. Um, Madden 18. So Madden is a game that I play. It's just one of my uh, like my snack food, junk food games, right? Whenever I have like 10 minutes to spare, 15 minutes to spare, I hop in like Madden Ultimate Team or whatever, and I play. And I think going on like six or seven years, I've uh, I've perfected all of the Madden games. So in PlayStation Talk, I've uh, platinumed all of the Madden games. Um, it's just something I like to do. I'm really mad at this year's Madden because one of the achievements is glitched. So one of the achievements, the last achievement I need for this game is 100 gamer score, and it's to win a game with all of the 32 teams. I've done this twice, Dom, and the achievement hasn't unlocked. I've looked in forums, and they said, like, oh, delete your save data, and then reload the game. It's just a glitched achievement, and it just sucks because, like, uh, it's not something I super focused on. I would play the games when I was, like, listening to a podcast or something, right? Set the quarters to one minute, hurry up the play clock. Games went by super fast. It's not like I droned and droned over this achievement. But it just sucks when you work at something just trying to complete a game and then it's out of your control. Like the achievements just glitched, right? So it's it's frustrating. Yeah, it's shitty. It's yeah, it just sucks. I know it's not important or anything because like achievements in the long run and trophies, who cares? But for somebody who does care about that stuff, it just it's crummy. Especially when I have this personal uh, history of doing it with all the Madden games. Um, and lastly, Marvel Strike Force, the mobile game, uh, my toilet game, as I like to call it. Uh, been playing that as well. I did uh, find out that there's um, – uh, help me out here, Dom. I'm having trouble with it. What is it called when you put a game from an old system and then you put it on your computer? Emulator. There we go. Talking through it made me figure out the word. I found a mobile emulator um, that works with Google Play. So if you sign in through your Google Play, it just like lets you play the game on your PC. And you're wondering, well, if it's your toilet game, why would you do that? Well, sometimes it's like I'm not at the toilet and like I just want to – play it while like I'm watching a podcast or something right and I'm not a huge fan of like holding my phone and like tapping on it if I'm not either texting or at the toilet so I'm like yeah if I need to use it on my PC it's just a cool way to do it and it's really interesting because your phone graphics can only 
look as good as they can on your whatever phone you own. But because it's on PC with the emulator, you can crank that baby up to max settings and actually see, um, like the Marvel Strike Force looks beautiful, Dom. Like at hmm. at top settings, it looks really nice, which is really surprising. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, playing that, having a decent time with it. They recently released Ant Man and Wasp to get in the game with the movie coming out, obviously. And uh, yeah, having a blast with that. Um, in terms of coming up, I think we'll have the next podcast before Octopath comes out. But, uh, yeah, I've had a blast with all these games. Crash has been taking up a lot of my time. That and Hollow Knight. What about you? Uh, yeah, i got a pretty long list, too. It's been a while since we talked about this, um, at least that I've been on. Um, so, firstly is Kingdom Hearts 2. I finished for the first time. Um, as, as Jordan let me know, the gameplay, the combat is much smoother, much more fun than the first game. And you get to go to even more Disney World, which is great. But yet, like, the story... And it's not even... I actually wasn't overly confused by the story. You know, as a lot of people complain. At least this far through this game, it didn't get too ridiculous. But... And, and this might be because I just came off of God of War, where everything was so cohesive. And, you know, the gameplay and story all flowed together so perfectly. But this game is just kind of like a big mess of, like, you know, cutscenes kind of just dropped in and, like jumping world to world it just felt very like hodgepodge yeah i don't even know the best way to describe it but it just it just seemed like it was rushed almost like they had all these good pieces but it just didn't come together very well um but it's still a really good game i still enjoyed it and the ending man like oh, it's just it's really good it's really good and it just makes you feel a lot of things that, i'm worried actually about ever playing those games again because i'm worried that my nostalgia makes those games better than what they actually are, like going back and replaying them, you know, that's what I'm worried about. Probably. Um, I think, because when I played them when I was younger, you know, I, the first game at least, you know, I played through it like three times, probably spent 200 hours, right, grinding through it and getting a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Definitely wouldn't recommend doing that now. <laughs> yeah. But, but if you just play through really quickly, even put it on easy mode if you want to and just kind of go through to get the story and a little bit of the combat, I think it, it, would, it still holds up pretty well. Um, but uh, I still think I like the first game better than the second one even though the actual gameplay is so much clunkier and the camera is absolute shit in comparison uh, the camera controls I still think overall the first one is just a more cohesive package and just a better game yeah. it just kind of flows better and feels better um, but nonetheless I finally finished Kingdom Hearts 2 for the first time and then I went right into Birth by Sleep and also finished that but it does something that really pissed me off. Um, you basically, I don't know if you're familiar, You, the game is one storyline, but you play it uh, the same campaign as three separate characters, um, and you do them separately. So apparently there's a recommended order of who to play first, second, and third. I had no idea. I just picked who I thought the, was the coolest, which was Aqua. Yeah. And This is where she's introduced, right? She's not into. She's introduced in both, right? right? Yeah, okay. Right, all the characters uh, are introduced, except for like Mickey and Xanart, are introduced in Birth by Sleep. Um, but apparently, you're supposed to play Aqua last because it her storyline basically spoils the entire thing. So as I'm playing through it, there's parts that you don't see that are happening to the other two characters, but you learn about them, you know, after the fact. But you learn about them through you know dialogue in that game, whereas in if you did the other storylines first, you would have actually played those out. Oh, uh, okay. And so I basically it spoils it for you. And so, like, I looked, I was like searching about, you know, some plot points afterwards. I'm like, I don't understand 
tiny details here, and basically I, I came to know that even um, the guy who creates it, Nomura, is that it? I don't know, the Kingdom Hearts guy who makes all the games, I don't know, even recommends playing them in a specific order, which I did the exact opposite of. Isn't it so, Nomura? Yeah, that's what I thought. I yeah. couldn't remember if he was the Final Fantasy guy or the Kingdom I think Hearts. it's Tetsuya Nomura. Um, I think he's both. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure it's okay. Nomura, though, yeah. One of those Square Enix guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I played played that game in the wrong order. So I didn't end up even like playing through the other two campaigns because I already knew everything. And the gameplay in those ones, I mean, it's a PSP game ported. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like it's kind of really a, a drag to to burn through it. Um, but I was I was really liking the story about throughout it. But and the gameplay is different. Uh, you know, the combat functions differently. Um, so it was fun for a little bit, but I, I just didn't want to grind through some more for some story that I already knew. Um, yeah, so that that was Birth by Sleep. I, I went through a lot of Kingdom Hearts in a short amount of time, basically. Um, so to be honest, I'm a little burned out on it right now, but that's all right because I have till January to get through three. The end of January, um, right? It's like the 25th yeah, the or end 29th. Of January, right? I always get that in the RE2 remake confused because one's the 25th and one's the 29th. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a good long break um, to kind of like let let that, you know, I'm kind of like fatigued on it right now to let that wear off. Um, well, one of the other games in the collection is, is just like cutscenes, right? It's like a movie. Yeah, I didn't even mention it. But yeah, I watched 358 over two days, that one, which was about Roxas. Um, but it doesn't really tie into much else. Okay. Um, I don't know. It From what I can tell so far, it doesn't really seem necessary to the overall story. It's just kind of a little bit of backstory about uh, Roxas, and if you don't know who he is, I won't say it. But yeah, and he's important, but it just is a prequel to him, and it doesn't. I don't. It doesn't really matter much. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I watched that one, and then there's one other cutscene on there, like uh, recoded. Apparently, is even more relevant to the whole story. So I didn't even bother with it. But I'm sure when Jordan listens to this, and he's gonna, you know, message us back like, "You asshole, you gotta watch it all," or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I didn't I didn't really bother with that. And that was that's the whole collection really. So there's one uh one other three DS game that is supposed to be kind of important, Dream Drop Distance. I might just like find a story summary on YouTube or something, because like I don't I'd have to go like order a three DS game, a physical cart, because you can't even buy it on the eShop. Because for some reason Kingdom Hearts games are very rarely available digitally. Don't know why. Um some licensing problems, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, so that's where I'm at with Kingdom Hearts. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. You still have a lot on this list. <laughs> you have a lot of other things you played. Yeah, so, but that was the bulk of it. So okay. other than that, I also got into Hollow Knight on Switch. Um, I'm only probably like four hours in. Um, really like it so far, and I'm sure you've said it all before. Have um, you gotten to the? Oops, sorry, you're four hours in. Have you gotten to like the grassy area yet? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. I just got through most of that. So I I I just beat the boss. Like that's a little. Uh, the needle. She's small. She has, like, a needle that she throws. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, and then the other boss, like, the big false knight guy. Yeah. That pretty funny. I like that. <laughs> um, the game is really cool. Like, all the, the the art and the designs and just the 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 tone and the style. Everything's really cool. I'm really liking it. Um, and the gameplay is really fun, too. It's, like, it's not super hard, but it's just got a little bit of a challenge to make it I love this. I know everyone, oh, you're comparing it to Souls, but this one is definitely a Souls-like mechanic of you gather up your spirit or whatever and you use it to heal yourself, and then when you die, uh, you have to fight yourself to get that stuff back, which is really cool. Um, yeah. 
I really like uh, the new mechanic they have, at least new to that series, genre, I guess, or whatever, where you either can use, I don't know what it's called, but where you can either heal yourself with your points or you can use it to cast spells. Yeah. So you kind of got to choose, like, shit, do I want to heal some of my hearts or do I want to, you know, use this magic spell? It's like, that's a really cool uh, mechanic they added in there. But yeah, Hollow Knight's really cool so far. I'm, I'm not too far in, like I said, but I'm, I like having it on Switch for sure. Um, I also got into Dark Souls Remastered, of course. I haven't spent a whole ton of time. Oh, yeah, I've been playing that Just, too here and there. I completely forgot about yeah. that, yeah. It's, it looks fantastic, like, in 4K and 60 frames and everything. Um, I only went up through, like, the Gargoyles. Okay. Um, it's pretty fun. I mean, I just, I've played through the game, like, three or four times already. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> um, in the past. So I'm not, like, dying to just play through it again or whatever. I'm just like, it's nice to have, and I, like, revisit it, you know. I will eventually, you know, get the Platinum on PS4 for it, but for now, I'm just, I just like having it. Um, otherwise, messed around with Black Ops 3 a little bit because it was free for PlayStation Plus. Uh, every complaint everyone else has set, had about that game is absolutely legitimate. It is really, really fast and really people are jumping around and jetpacking in every direction. And it's like when you first jump in there and start playing and you turn a corner and some guy literally bounces off two walls and jetpacks through the air and then kills you before you even know what happened. You're kind of like, what? that the hell was that yeah <laughs> it's really weird um but i will say actually like running on walls and jetpacking and stuff feels fantastic like they deserve some credit and like overall i i don't like what it does to the multiplayer gameplay but those guys at least deserve a little bit of credit like it feels really cool to jump around in there um and do that stuff but i the backlash i i, I well, get that's a frustrating thing is like for me call of duty the best thing call of duty does is like the gunplay and feedback um, and it's weird that they diverted towards something that, in my opinion, I think Respawn does better than what they do in terms of traversal and stuff. I'm not saying that the Call of Duty uh, version of it doesn't feel good, but it's like the reason people go to Call of Duty isn't for that. You know what I mean? So it's very weird. But yeah. for a series as long as that's been running and it releases every year, they're bound to try stuff that the community loves or hates. And for Call of Duty, more often than not, even though it sells the best every year, people complain about it the most. But um, Oh, yeah. Being the best also means that you're also the worst, usually. Yeah, but I mentioned Respawn, which is owned by EA, and you played another EA shooter, so. Uh, yeah, not too much of it. Uh, Battlefront 2, it was on sale for like $17, so I grabbed that. I just couldn't help myself. Um, <laughs> especially after hearing about, oh, they're changing. You know, they changed the progression in the loot boxes a little bit, um, and then when they announced, like, oh, we're going to have some Clone Wars DLC drop out for free over the summer, you know, some General Grievous and Obi-Wan action so i got it i had to get in on that but i only played a few matches um nothing i don't have too much more to say about it. it's really it's like it looks it sounds really good like some of the game modes are really cool the different objective based modes they have yeah um where like a full game game of something of like a galactic assault or whatever feels kind of like a story where you know you're going through and you have to do this you know you know put down these shields so then your people can do this and it's like a whole series of events it's not just like capture the flag or hold the territory um those kind of things exist within each game but it's kind of like an over overarching mode of a bunch of different events it's kind of cool what they did there but um yeah otherwise holy crap i also booted up uh, elder scrolls online created a character in that um didn't spend too much time there i, I do want to get back into it though because i never fully actually played through all the single player stuff before but i do want to get back to that 
So I, I've, I've tried it too, and I love Elder Scrolls. It's like one of my favorite franchises. My problem is I just get, I guess, overwhelmed would be the right word. I just get so overwhelmed with all of the MMO like mechanics and stuff. Like they just mm-hmm. throw all of this stuff at you, and in my mind, I'm like, it's just more Elder Scrolls I can play. And I know that there's a point in the game where you can just you remove yourself from all of the MMO stuff and just focus on an Elder Scrolls experience. But there at the beginning, it's a large hill in my opinion to jump over to get past the introduction of all these MMO things that in the long run you can decide to ignore. You know, but yeah. Sorry. No, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of that stuff there. Um, and then when you, because before I created a character, I like I spent some time like researching like what's the best combinations of you know races and classes and so on, and which of the factions has the better story. I should never have done that because I went down a rabbit hole. You know, <laughs> yeah. Of like you want this combined with this because then you get you know like a five percent uh, buff on you know whatever spell. I, it just it's a whole rabbit hole and people can get. It's just very MMO, right? There's just yep. it, it, there's very minute details uh, that people spend a lot of time on and stuff. And most of it for me is going to be irrelevant. I'm just going to play through all the quests or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to – definitely not doing any PvP. That would be a nightmare. Um, Lord knows. Um, and the, probably – I know there's some pretty – apparently pretty cool like endgame PvE stuff. I don't know the nature of it, but um, I won't go too far down that tunnel either. Um, but I do like – I think it's a cool game. Um, it's it's just got a different feel than like Skyrim, um, and you get to see different worlds, you know, than than just Skyrim, of course. I'm so. just so MMO verse, like it's just, yeah, it's it's a genre that doesn't click with me, man. <laughs> like yeah. I've tried, I never, I've tried WoW, I've tried uh, EverQuest, I've tried uh, City of Heroes, Elder Scrolls on. It just doesn't click with me. It just I'm a hard yeah. out, yeah. I'm not into that usually either. I really got into to RuneScape when I was younger. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> which was the coolest thing in the world at the time. Um, you do not want to look I mean, at was... RuneScape streamers now, man. Your whole... <laughs> oh, yikes. I might get hate yeah, for that. I don't, even, I don't even know what that's like anymore. Um, but that was the, that was always really cool. I like doing that. Um, even I, I would just like do simple stuff in that game. I'd be like, I'm going to go fishing. And I just got really good at fishing and selling fish. I didn't even mess with anything else. You know, yeah, that was fun, <laughs> but uh, so I'm not like I'm not immediately um, averse to MMOs like you described, but it's also just not really my thing, yeah, necessarily. But but anyway, um, I'll, more more to come on that in the coming weeks probably. Um, otherwise, you know, Bob hopped back into some Fallout Shelter. Is it um, your toilet game, or are you actually playing it like on your PSP or yeah, PSV? I've been PSP. playing it on my phone, yeah, here and there, you know. Uh, on the toilet whatever else um <laughs> also booted up some fusion frenzy um with emily because she convinced me to play this game and i had never played it before it's fantastic it's did she of like, have like a an xbox growing up or maybe a I friend her, or something one of her friends did yeah it's so cool friends, that she yeah. asked you if you to play fusion frenzy man it's such a callback it's really cool yeah she's like yeah there's this game we used to play fusion something and then then i found it and then like oh it's only on xbox or whatever I'm like, oh, then we got it and it turns out it's actually on game pass or whatever and it's backwards um, compatible like it's super cool right right, yeah. right that's the coolest thing is like this is an original xbox game that, that i'm playing on the the 1s or whatever i'll have to actually buy it when my game pass uh trial runs out or whatever is that how you're playing elder scrolls online i assume because that's also on uh game pass right now I've actually had that on PS4. For, oh, okay. I bought it once for like ten bucks, like a year or two it was ago. On, yeah, I just never. Yeah, it goes on sale frequently. Um, 
But yeah, otherwise, also messed around with some Halo 5. Just some local, not local co-op, <laughs> but uh, just a bit of the campaign. I don't have too much to say about it. I wasn't in a fully functioning state of mind when I played it. But it's Halo, and Halo's fun. Yeah. It's so funny that, like... Halo 5, for all intents and purposes, for many people, nailed... Like, a lot of people consider it... I know it's blasphemy because people love Halo 2. A lot of people consider it, like, the best multiplayer that's ever been in a Halo game. But the campaign is probably <laughs> one of the most polarizing. Like, people did not like the fake-out of of Locke and Chief, and, yeah, it's a whole thing. Um, but I am excited that it seems like Bungie's listened and Halo Infinite seems to be... I'm. I really hope the next Halo is an open world game, or maybe not open world, but like cool. Tomb Raider, uh, Uncharted Four. Because I don't know if the other Uncharted games were like that, where like there's bit oh, like bigger open areas, but not necessarily an open world. You know, um, more of a more of a Halo One, Halo Two feel. I'm very interested to see what turns out with that. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll hop into the news now. Uh, like I said, not a whole lot of news stories. Some from a couple of weeks ago or a week ago rather uh, that we're going to touch on, but. So the first one, uh, Turtle Rock Studios is working on a major franchise, question mark. Uh, this comes by way of comicbook.com by, excuse me, uh, Robert Workman. Um, not, no, not Robert Kirkman, not the Walking Dead creator. Um, so basically the developers of the hit and miss asymmetrical multiplayer game Evolve, uh, Turtle Rock Studios, uh, they're currently hiring for their next project. Uh, in in the, the job postings, it's stated that they're working on a AAA game with uh, in a major and beloved franchise. Um and this is kind of my own anecdote that, you know, many pe- players like to joke about the final product of Evolve. Oh, it didn't work out, yada, yada, yada. Um, but many people do forget that these are the same guys that worked on Left 4 Dead, which is like one of the most beloved co-op multiplayer games of all time. Um, Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. Um, I want to pose the question to you, Dom. Do you think there's even like a, ch- a 1% chance that they're working on Left 4 Dead 3? Is that even a possibility? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's, it's a, there's a good possibility. Um, yeah, both those games are looked really highly upon, and I mean they it is they did say like a, a well known franchise, right? So I don't, I don't see why not. I, yeah, I'd be into it. So I think the thing is, uh, my other question here is what, what um, if it's not likely, uh, what could their expertise expertise and experience fit into? And off the bat, we assume that it's going to be multiplayer in some capacity, right? Um, the interesting thing to me is that because they're really good at making multiplayer games, I wonder if they're either making a Battle Royale or a games as service game for an already existing franchise, you know? So maybe not Left 4 Dead, but what if there's another franchise out there like, um, I don't know what I could throw out there, like, uh, I don't think this this is it, but say Bioshock, right? Because Bioshock is also owned by 2K, Turtle Rock. Uh, the game Evolve was published by 2K. Say they're working on a multiplayer Bioshock game. They could possibly be doing either like a Battle Royale or like a games as service game, right? Bioshock is just an example. I don't think it's Bioshock, but do you think it could be that? Like it's a franchise that has maybe done multiplayer, has, but they're being brought in to hit on either the Battle Royale phenomenon or the games as service phenomenon because they are so familiar with like multiplayer. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you're. I think you're at least right. Um, where it's got to be something multiplayer. I mean, that's that's got to be like like ninety percent. It's got to be something multiplayer. You know, at its core. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see it could be something out of left field too. Yeah, with a franchise like Bioshock or Borderlands, maybe yeah, that might be a little crazier. I don't know something something we don't necessarily see coming. That could also be it. The crazy this kind of thing when we make assumptions, like the easy assumption to me is like Left 4 Dead Three, right? But yeah. 
that kind of thing. I don't know. At least it seems like when we make those kind of assumptions, I'm always wrong. But well, the cool thing with <laughs> like, something we never expected. Thinking of a games as service game, which are essentially like an evolution of MMOs, uh, like we previously talked about in this episode, it's an evolution of that, especially in like shooters, right? With the games as service. The thing with Turtle Rock is they have expertise with uh, f- like a team of four fighting hordes of monsters, right? In Left 4 Dead. That's something really cool. That would be an awesome thing to experience in a games of service game because like you get you get pieces of that in Destiny where there's like swarms of like smaller swarms of enemies, but not not like gigantic clusters, right? So that being involved in a games of service game would be really interesting. And though Evolve was a failure, being able to work on balancing four players going up against a monster that's a raid boss right and one of the things with destiny is like not all of the raid bosses but a majority of the bosses you fight on that game are pretty static like they don't move around a whole bunch whereas in evolve that game was based on a giant map and though the monster was user controlled it was a monster moving around a giant map and balancing that with four players right so that would be really cool like having a dynamic like boss fight in a games of service game like i do think that turtle rock has a lot of experience that could translate to a lot of the current um i guess the way the industry is moving in terms of multiplayer experiences right like I think Turtle Rock is positioned with their expertise to nail that. It's just what franchise is that? And like you said, the most obvious answer is Left 4 Dead 3. But Valve, like if Valve released Orange Box 2 and just dropped it on people, that game would sell like crazy, right? If it had Portal 3, I don't think Half-Life 3 would be a part of it in my opinion. Um, but I think like a Portal 3, Left 4 Dead 3, and uh, what else am I missing? It'd be like Half-Life 1 Remastered or something. Yeah, yeah. I really think that they can nail it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm open to see what Turtle Rock's working on because though Evolve wasn't a hit, I think it was a quality game that just didn't have the mechanics that led to um, commercial success. But we'll see what happens. The next story. We talked about quite a bit of Bethesda games earlier. Obviously, Elder Scrolls Online, Fallout Shelter, uh, yada, yada, yada. Um... There's another story that came out. Uh, Todd Howard did an interview with GameIndustry.biz, uh, Hayden Taylor over there. And Todd Howard basically said that Fallout 76 isn't Bethesda's future. So in the interview, uh, Todd Howard decided to discuss the topic of Fallout 76 and how it relates to many fans' trepidations with the future of Bethesda games. You know, last year we heard they're the single-player publisher. Single-player games aren't dying. This year we get the announcement that Bethesda Game Studios albeit mostly Austin, the uh, the Battle Cry studio, is working on this multiplayer Fallout game, and people were like, oh, God, is Bethesda turning to multiplayer-only games? Howard, in response to this, basically stated uh, that multi- the multiplayer nature of Fallout 76 doesn't mark the future uh, of the publishing level. Uh, Bethesda's always done a mix of experiences, uh, which is right, right, Dom? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, what? Well, I was just saying, like, he's he's correct. They've always done a mix of experiences between single-player and multiplayer. Like, they haven't just been a single-player publisher. They've done multiplayer games. Oh, the publisher. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because he said at a corporate level, Bethesda. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. Um, he also went on to say, uh, anyone, end quote, anyone who has ever said this is the future and this is part of game and this part of gaming is dead has always been proven wrong every single time, which is true. We heard that consoles were dying uh, last gen. Uh, and mobile was the future. Uh, we like to try it all for a long time. We wanted to try a multiplayer game, and we had this idea. We shouldn't be afraid. We should try it. 
He goes on in the interview to talk about how Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six are exactly what you expect from Bethesda Game Studios. They're these big single-player games, and you should expect no less. He also talked about how, um, though they... Because he had the question asked to him of, yeah, Bethesda's entering the mobile market, though, so aren't they kind of chasing trends that way? And he said, well, we do see a market for mobile games. He said, but to be frankly honest, we're kind of light in monetization. And he goes in the interview to talk about how they met with monetization experts. I know as gross as that sounds. And a lot of times they turned down the ideas that those people had for their franchises uh, because they felt they're probably a little too gross. Um, and he talked about being open about that. Like, we have monetization in our games. If you should have heard all the stuff we were being pitched and we turned down, like from experts, right? Um, so kind of saying like, yeah, we are chasing the mobile trend to a degree, but we're still doing it the Bethesda way, which I thought was pretty open and candid for Todd. Um, I don't mean you were pretty level-headed, Dom, so neither of us were expecting Fallout 76 to usher in the age of multiplayer-only Bethesda games. Um, and many people are mad about Fallout 76, but I've heard us have discussions about this. You shouldn't be mad about Fallout 76 existing I guess the only arg argument you can have in being mad is that the next main Fallout game is further away by virtue of them working on this, because that's how time works, right? Right, right. Um, but I know you're interested in Fallout 76. I am too. I think the no-clip documentary did a lot of good for the game, um, which is interesting. I wish they would have had better... M they had good messaging in their conference, but I do think it could have... Excuse me, it could have been to a better level. Um... I don't think that Fallout 76 was talked about the same way and clarified the same way that Fallout 4 was during that press conference uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's weird, right, for people to think that this is going to be Bethesda's future. Very odd. Well, the fact that, that he has to even be asked this question he has to answer it is, is kind of ridiculous because, I mean, as soon as they were done talking about 76 at E3, they went on to announce or, you know, show Starfield and then Elder Scrolls Six, yeah. like right after, <laughs> exactly. right, which, which I think you predicted, like, was for that purpose, just to remind people, like, hey, you know, this is this Fallout thing is a little different, but remember, we're still Bethesda, and we still got these things you're used to, in you know, uh, in the barrel, you know, coming along the way. So it seems like, duh, like I, they're just trying something here. We'll see what happens, but they still also showed us, like, guys, we're still doing the same stuff you do like. And I think even later on in an interview, um, Todd even mentioned that, yeah, the next, the Fallout 5 will also be, you know, a single player game like you'd expect um, whenever that is, you know, another decade or two from now. But yeah, I, I'm not worried. Like, I'm excited for this. Um, like you mentioned, is it is something different. And I, I can appreciate that they want to try something different. And I think it, it could, it has potential to be really cool. It has also has potential to be absolutely terrible. And I might hate it, but um, I'm ready to you know to branch out i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and i'll try this out um i'm not worried that they're going to turn into a multiplayer studio like, like come on you know yeah and we don't know everything behind the scenes but my assumption is that so right now austin has been working on this game in the majority right the battle cry studio and bethesda game studios proper has been helping them on it right making sure they get everything right do, obviously having a, a decent amount of staff on there. Once this game comes out, Bethesda Game Studios Major is not going to be working on this game at all. It's going to be all Bethesda Game Studios Austin. Um, and my assumption is if this game's a hit, they'll, they'll continue supporting it and all this stuff. If it comes out of the gates and it, it, it doesn't do so well or it struggles, they'll move some of that team to pre-pro on the other productions. They'll still have a team dedicated in Austin working on issues and stuff like that, but 
I this game does not affect you getting what you want from Bethesda Game Studios. It may come right. a year or two later, right? But who's to say that this experiment wouldn't have been replaced with something else? You know, um, I think the way it works is that to face reality, I think Bethesda Game Studios was in a position where they do need to upgrade their engine, they do need to work on certain things, and Witcher Three kind of ate their lunch. Like I love Bethesda games. I still would pick a Bethesda game over The Witcher 3 any day. I'm not comparing as quality of game. I'm saying my personal, like, pick up and play, right? Um, but, like, CD Projekt Red ate their lunch when it comes to open-world RPGs, uh, especially Western-themed. Uh, and they they need to work on things, right? Because the next Elder Scrolls, the next Fallout 5, we saw what happened with Fallout 4. We liked it, but it wasn't the jump people expected from Bethesda. So they needed to have a project in the intermission, and I think they had a lot of experiments in place of, let's try this, this, or this, and they circled Fallout 76 and said, how about that? That seems like the coolest idea, right? I just think we were in a place where Bethesda Game Studios needed to take some time before they got to the big boys in terms of developing a new engine and developing new workflows and stuff like that. So there was bound to be an interim project. That's my assumption anyway. It's not based on fact. It's just looking at what's happened is my assumption. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and also, actually, I'll, I'll point out, it's kind of crazy with that, that Noclip documentary and all the interviews that, you know, Pete Hines and Todd Hart have been doing. Like, we've gotten a really good look at, the, at you know, how Bethesda Game Studios um, is spread out and who's working on what and yeah. this and that. Like, like which, it's kind of shocking. Usually we don't, you know, get to find these sorts of things out and out of this level of detail. Um, but, I mean, because... Uh, the the mobile games basically are separate teams, right? Yeah. If they if the mobile games didn't exist, then there wouldn't be any acceleration to the other games that. Are. Well, yeah, because they hire talent for those games. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and then seventy six is kind of like a hybrid where they yeah they're some of it you know they brought in some new talent, um, but then yeah some of the the Bethesda game studios proper is also working on it. So that's kind of a hybrid. So yeah, that could be you know pushing back you know the uh, Starfield and. Uh, the next Elder Scrolls and so on, but I don't know. I, I, I I'm just excited for 76, man. I don't know what else to say. I'm just let's see how it plays out. Yeah, and like we had so many good games that we're not at a, we're not like, <laughs> we're we're not thirsty for like great gaming experiences, you know. So like, if they need to take a couple extra years for Fallout 5 or Elder Scrolls 6 or Starfield, go ahead. We have stuff waiting. My worry is imagine, imagine if uh, Starfield and Cyberpunk 2077 come out in the same year. Imagine that game of the year discussion. Albeit we're assuming that those both of those games turn out to be incredible, right, like Skyrim and like Witcher 3. But like, imagine that game of the year discussion. And that's not even taking into account two years from now. What is is that when Metroid Prime 4 comes out for Nintendo? It's going to be crazy. Good point. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Um, I just hope, man... Because, yeah, like, technically, Fallout 4 was a long ways away from Witcher 3. Um, but it... I don't know. We can have, like, a Fallout 4 critique podcast one of these days, but it had other problems, too, that, that I just still can't get over. I hope they fix for next games, but yeah. narrative and RPG-wise, there's things that are well, like, way worse than 4, but whatever. And for me, my favorite Fallout's New Vegas. I know a lot of people love 3. Oh, yeah. I thought New Vegas me was too. better than 3, personally. 
Oh, it's much better. Yeah. I'll, I'll argue that to the death. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but yeah, I'm interested. I wouldn't say I'm excited for Fallout 76, but I am interested um, because Bethesda Game Studios is somebody who I like genuinely enjoy their games. Like, I agree with you. I had problems with Fallout 4 too. Does that mean I disliked my time with it? No, I loved playing Fallout 4. But there are things I wish they fixed. Me too. Um, so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in- very interested. Um Earlier you mentioned you've been playing uh, Battlefront 2, Star Wars and EA. This is a discussion that's been going on as long as it seems like video games have existed, apparently, even though it's only been a couple of years. Anyways, we finally got an update from Amy Hennig. We've been wondering, is she still at EA? What's going on? She basically confirmed her departure from EA. She clarified that she stopped working at EA in January, which was shortly after the Visceral Games uh, closing. Uh, she also had to correct many false reports of the game that she was working on being canceled. Um, and her reply simply stated that the story her team was working on was shelved, but the game is still very much alive at EA Vancouver. A lot of the reports that were obviously talking about her saying that she had left EA were saying the game was canned, yada, yada, yada. That's not the case. And it seems like that's been a lot of false reporting. That game, that game was never canceled. The studio working on it was closed down and it was shifted into something else. I think it's a weird thing that keeps getting confused and mixed around and turned around. That game was never canceled. The the uh, Uncharted Nathan Drake style game is no longer, but all of the bones and the structure of that game are still intact. It's just an entirely different beast. Um, but anyways, she went on to also discuss what she's currently doing, and she's actually started an independent studio, and she's looking to hire up to eight people, but no more than 15. I think she's just giving herself some some leeway there in case she really likes a lot of candidates because she is a, a writer and an artist, and if you find people you want to work with, it's hard saying no to that, right? So then she's like, I want to hire eight, up to 15, though. Um, and she also closed... I thought that it was worded funny when she said that. Yeah. Like, I want to have a small team of six or eight people. No more than 15. <laughs> yeah. it, just, it just sounded funny. It's a big gap there, yeah. Maybe 30. But... <laughs> um, but she basically closed with stating that she's currently most interested in the VR world and uh, basically wants to see if any creative sparks come from exploring that medium. Uh, me, personally, I don't want her to make VR games. I'd much rather her making, like, uh, regular games. I don't know, it's a weird thing to say. <laughs> Not VR games. Um but, like, she's super talented, so I'm not going to say she shouldn't do this or that because what if she gives us the VR experience people have been dying for? What if she gives you that the PSVR seller that, you know, um, what if she revolutionizes VR? Who knows? Maybe she doesn't. Maybe it's a, a poo-poo VR game, and then she goes back to making traditional games. Who knows? Um, but it's cool to hear from her and get clarification as to where she is now. Um, she often jokes about her being a curse. Um because a lot of stuff just happens where she's unlucky or whatever, but um, I think she's super talented personally, and I can't wait to see the next thing that her and her team make, whether that's eight people or fifteen or thirty or two hundred. Um, how do you feel about this? The confirmation that she's gone and working on something. Yeah, it sounds about right because we've been wondering. We hadn't heard anything, yeah, you know, explicit about what she's been doing. But yeah, having stopped working at EA in January, pretty much lines up with timing that story came out and uh, and what we would have expected now the only surprising bit and then actually uh her game being put on the shelf so to speak and they kind of being you know transformed or who like who knows how much change it's actually gone through it as it is now but you know that becoming something different that's not really surprising either um what we've heard is that it went from a linear narrative game to an open world game apparently right yeah 
Right. Um, something with more replay value or you know, opportunity <laughs> for microtransactions. Or who knows? Yeah. Those are the easy assumptions, right? Because, um, I mean, she's she had been used to making you know short, linear games, right? Not necessarily short, but you know, not Anthem-type games. You know, not yeah. Mass Effect-type games. Not game, Destiny, but, yep. Right. Um, but the surprising bit was the... Um, not necessarily that she's created her own indie studio that I could have I could have you know predicted that but specifically in, in the VR space that was kind of like the oh and she's I don't think she necessarily committed to VR but she said she's very much interested True. in it so and right. my theory or my want of Microsoft scooping her up is not dead in the water um, I'm I really hope it does happen because the reason I say this Dom is I wouldn't have said this before if we had found out about this before the acquisitions of Microsoft I'd be like maybe not. But uh, did you watch the video that Ninja Theory put out about them being acquired? No. Uh, obviously, Ninja Theory, the studio behind oh. Hellblade, um, they posted a video talking about them, why they decided to get purchased by Microsoft and what that meant for them. Um, and they're a very creative, very independent studio that wants to make their own ideas. You see that in the games they make. And they basically pushed and pushed and pushed in this video that the number one want they wanted from Microsoft was creative freedom. They said, we'd love to get the money backing from you, but we don't want to be pigeonholed into making X game for you guys. We want to be able to make what we want to make. Is that cool? And Microsoft, apparently from what they said, was like, yeah, sure. We just want you to make games for our platform, whatever that is. And there have been other studios that they acquired uh, in that deal. Um, the We Happy Few guys, I always forget the name of the studio. Um but they mention the same thing. And uh, it seems like Microsoft is like, we want you because you make really cool, interesting stuff. We're not going to pigeonhole you into doing whatever you want. But in the same instant, it seems like if they if a team were to pitch, like we want to make uh, a new Banjo-Kazooie game, they'd hear that pitch from that team, right? So I think there's some leeway there. Um, and with that, I think Amy Hennig wants creative freedom above all else. That obviously it's what it seems like. So I would love to see Microsoft go to her and be like, "We know you make incredible stuff. No timeline, just make a game, and you know you have creative freedom." I think it's still possible. Uh, I don't think it will happen, but it is still in the realm of possibility. It's still one of my dreams. I mean, you never know. It could be like Microsoft publishes her game. Yeah, not necessarily buy her Oculus company. And Vive only, or something. Yeah. Yeah. That if it if it ends up being VR as well, uh, who knows? She's interested in it now. Who's to say that she looks at it and is like, yeah, this doesn't seem really seem like a space where I can tell stories the way I want to. Who knows? But for the time being, she's headed towards VR. I don't know if there's going to be any course correct or not. The last news story before we head out. Google is planning on challenging the big three, question mark. Uh, this comes away of Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. According to Jason's reporting, Google is aiming to take on the video game industry utilizing a specific three-pronged approach, which is funny because it seems like it's going to be like some weird insider information, but it's like stuff you'd assume. So their first step is they want to launch a streaming service. So they want people to play their gaming platform through streaming, which is a huge point of conversation that we'll get into later. Two, some type of hardware. It's unclear whether that's like an Amazon Fire Stick for the streaming platform or an actual console. That's not clear. And three, get developers under the Google umbrella via aggressive recruiting and or major acquisitions, which we just talked about with Microsoft. Um, and apparently Google also met with several big gaming companies at GDC and E3 and in order to gauge interest in their streaming platform. Um, 
first of all, with that, before we get into the whole conversation about specifically with streaming and stuff, off the bat, what do you think about this report, Dom? Is it crazy to think that Google could enter the gaming industry as the fourth big gaming guy? Uh, it's crazy that to think that it actually happens and that becomes reality, but I don't doubt for a second that they're not you know looking into it maybe deeper than in the past. But I mean, there have been reports you know a while ago, like 2014, Google's. Yeah. yeah, or there's been even been things about like Apple might make a console, or you know, what I mean, things like that. Of course, like companies that make, Amazon like, they're even. looking into it. Yeah, right. Of course, they're looking into things like this. You know, um, this seems like it's a bit like they're maybe taking the next step. You know, and asking a couple more questions than they have in the past. Um, but I could I could definitely see this happening. Um, they're going to do it in a Google kind of style, which which what it sounds like uh, based on what Jason reports. Um, you know, something streaming. Could see that. I I just don't really see them putting out a, a, a box like uh, Xbox or PS4, like a standard thing, and competing in that sense. I think that is very unlikely. They're going to do their own thing here, whether it be streaming or something something different. Um, and then is it only on their devices, like only their Chromecast? Or you know, is this something that, like you mentioned, is this also on like Fire Sticks or Roku's or who the heck knows? Um, An Xbox nothing is really app or PlayStation table. app, yeah. Exactly that you can't rule out something like that either. Um, but I think the the biggest thing to remember here, and, and you kind of Jason puts us in that mindset a little bit, but you gotta kind of you kind of gotta remove, you know, the blinders from how we think of how games are, and like, oh yeah, I might compete with Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo, but that doesn't mean it's gonna do the same kind of things they do, right? This is Google, so like, they could just you know do something entirely different to get into this market. Like, you kind of gotta. Take away all your assumptions and, you know, uh, what's the word? Presumptions, whatever. Um, yeah, but I can see this. Uh, we'll see where it goes. But hmm. Yeah, my only question to this was, like, if the entire model is based around streaming, which Jason goes into the article talking about, I do think if they were to enter it, I still think that's not close. Um, we've seen that there's a whole reason why uh, PlayStation – is it PlayStation Now? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that's yep. the service. Yep. The whole reason that that hasn't been successful is because streaming isn't at the level in which it's optimal for everyone, right? Um, being Having to stream games uh, in high quality isn't something that's available for everybody. There's lag issues. There's buffering issues. Uh, there's, like, it's it just doesn't seem like, even in the next couple of years, it doesn't seem like a very viable thing to where it will work for the masses. I think this is, like... Oh, 2025, this would probably be nailed, right? Even maybe that may even be a little too soon. Right. But entirely basing a gaming platform off of streaming doesn't seem like it's plausible or real in today's current climate. People have to understand, like, streaming a game is a lot different than streaming a movie. <laughs> Completely different beast. Well, I mean, right off the bat, you're not just getting data you gotta send data back exactly and get that back and so on so it's a big challenge in real time to your point yeah even though i definitely agree and it's this is way early for i mean that's why playstation now kind of hasn't taken off because it's limited in in nature by people who have the infrastructure to support it but this is like we're getting to that time where this is when you have to be looking into it exactly that's when we got all the announcement e3 everyone is talking about streaming services right xbox i don't know playstation mentioned it but ubisoft definitely did and xbox did Right, and, and as I kept predicting, that's like th- two years. I, I always predict like PlayStation is going to push back on PlayStation now and make it a thing. Like it's going to come back because it has to come back. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember when it was first announced, it was like, 
okay, this when they first bought, I can't remember the name of the company that became Gaikai. PlayStation now. Gaikai. Like, yeah, they're like the first to do this. Like, this is really smart. They're getting in on it early. They might have pushed it out to the consumers too early. Um, but I mean, and not you know, they're not making back what they anticipated this early, but. There's going to be advantages to getting in on things early. Like, look at a lot of the things Amazon does and a lot of things Amazon looks into now. Um, if you, like, read in some of the experimenting yeah. they do, it's, like, stuff that sounds crazy. But then the stuff that we love from them now, when they first looked into it a decade ago, sounded crazy then, right? You so, have to test things and, in order to get better at them. Right. Yeah. You have to plant a seed, and this is literally from Jeff Bezos. So, <laughs> um I, I, if you can't tell, I kind of like a lot of his ideas and the way he does things. Um, he might be an asshole of some people. I don't know. I won't get into that. That's how but... I feel about Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, his big thing is like we, we have to plant a seed and, you know, let it grow on its own, maybe behind the scenes kind of thing. Um, but eventually it will become a tree. It might die before it even sprouts. <laughs> it also might become a giant tree, right? That's how you get a giant tree. Well, it's the only the crazy thing is so. to correlate is like they're doing the whole self-checkout store thing, right? I forgot what store it's with. Not Whole Foods. Right. But Amazon's doing that thing where you can walk into a store with a basket and basically you put everything in your basket and when you walk at it, it scans all of your stuff and it immediately charges mm-hmm. the card or thing or whatever that you have attached to when right. you first walk in. And if you think that that's out of the realm of possibility of you being able to walk into a store and not have to interact with anybody and walk out, I think you're living in a different reality. We're seeing that, like, things are moving towards automation, and a lot of people right. who work these day-to-day jobs can easily be replaced by a program or a robot, um, and we're going to be moving towards that. So I agree with you. But you have to plant the seeds to see if they grow or not or sprout, and this may amount in Google becoming a leader in the gaming industry, or we may never hear about this again. So that's just the way right. it is. Either way. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it for episode 101. Uh, before we close out, let's talk about what we're going to be playing. Like I said, Octopath Traveler doesn't come out this week. doesn't come out till next week. Um, I'm going to be playing more Crash, trying to get more achievements in that. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, I'm going to be watching Ant-Man and the Wasp. Obviously, that, that comes out. Um, and going to be toying away at Hollow Knight. I want to try to beat it, but like from what I've heard, to get like the, the good fulfilling ending i don't want to say good ending but the fulfilling ending it's about 40 hours so i don't know if i'll be able to put in 20 hours next week but i'll still still stay trucking away at that um and i'll still i hope it's obvious how you know what i mean of how to get that good ending it's like i hope i don't like unintentionally not get it it's not a spoiler basically there's like you can you quote unquote complete the game but then you can continue playing the game so when you continue playing the game then you get the fulfilling ending if that makes sense so you'll You'll pretty much know, like, oh, it's over, but that wasn't right. Exactly. So you keep going. Yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. Um, and then I'm just going to be looking for uh, PS4 at a reasonable deal. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, what about you, Dom? Um, I'm going to keep playing Hollow Knight 2. Uh, Hollow Knight also. I don't have a sequel yet. Uh, <laughs> um, otherwise, I mean, I'm going to keep uh, I'm going to keep messing around with Battlefront 2. And Elder Scrolls Online. Oh. That's, that's what I know for sure. I got a question for you, Dom. This is unrelated to video games. How do you feel about the rumors that we're going to get the announcement that the Batman movie by Matt Reeves? There's a rumor going around that at Comic-Con we're going to get the announcement that's actually releasing next year. There's this whole idea that... Uh, I thought you liked Batman. Wouldn't that be exciting? It would be incredibly exciting. And even if everyone thinks it's going to suck or whatever... I, you know, I'd still be excited, but I just, I'm so jaded on 
this Matt Reeves movie that I'm just I don't even give a fuck anymore. Why, why are you jaded on it? Just because it's been like in limbo? Well, it's like first of all, it's every other day. Is Ben Affleck even exactly yeah. in it? Is he acting in it or is he directing it or is who's going? What's going on? Like, I don't even know anymore. I don't care. And then then throw on top of that. Oh, there's a Harley Quinn movie. Oh, there's a Joker movie. Oh, there's a Leonardo DiCaprio Joker movie. But there's also a, 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 a Jared Joe Leto Phoenix Joker movie. Jared Leto movie. Another Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's what's frustrating is because like what? we don't have to go into this. It's a whole other conversation. But like DC has so many cool characters, and it's sad to see how much they're failing to get this whole thing right. In ter- like. If if Marvel you know can get Guardians this of the Galaxy what... to be a major like kids love Guardians of the Galaxy, no one knew who the hell they were five years ago, yeah. and yet DC can't nail their most popular characters right. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so much mismanagement. But I guess this is just this is the balance, right? This is the pendulum on the other end yeah. of getting the Dark Knight trilogy. You know what? We were so blessed to have that, right? But then since then, you know, the DC property owners, however the heck that works, whoever manages. The DCEU, whatever. Which is like, all, I think all of the good magic is in their animated movies now. Like, they just nail with all the animated movies, minus the weird, like, uh, Batgirl thing with, uh, uh, what was it? The, uh, the Harley Quinn one. The Killing, and, yeah, and, and the Killing Joke, that weird, like... Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to mention it, because I, I think for you it's like, now that I understand, it's like, just give me the announcement that it actually exists and coming out, cool. You're just tired of hearing this, right. or that, or this, or that, yeah. yeah. Oh, in fact, tell me in a, a month before, or whatever. Just give me, make sure, you, give me a release date when it's going to be in a theater. Otherwise, I don't care about anything uh, you have to say about one it. One interesting you know? thing that you probably didn't see. Did you even did you see Deadpool two? No, I haven't watched either of those. Uh, you haven't seen either of the Deadpool movies. That's fine. Um, anyways, one of the actors in Deadpool two is currently talking to DC about playing Nightwing, Dick Grayson, and he totally nails it. Okay. So it'd be cool okay. to see him in Batman. Yeah. yeah. I just know you're a Batman guy, so I wanted to mention that. <laughs> no, I should be excited. I should be looking for details on this and like reading rumors, but no. Yeah. Nope. You guys screwed that up. It's like, I love Wonder Woman and Gal Gadot, but it's crazy. If you told me that there was a DC cinematic universe and their best movie was their Wonder Woman movie, I'd be like, that's crazy. It's not even close either. <laughs> it's like not even close. Um, and to be honest, like Wonder Woman was a really cool movie. I, I watched that, but... I mean, it's like it's on par with most of the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. You know, it's not, it's nothing crazy. But no, but in amazing. comparison to the rest of the DC movies, it is great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's the sharpest tool in the box. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening to episode one hundred and one of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. If you can, please follow us on Twitter at ctrlint. It's Controlled Interest abbreviated. Yeah. Dom is at uh, Dom's Oreos. I was about to say Malamodus. Nope, that's Jordan. Uh, I'm at Jared underscore because I can't get Jared or Jared W or anything else, so I'm stuck with the underscore. Uh, if you can, please rate us on iTunes. It definitely helps. Uh, rate us whatever you want. We prefer five stars, but whatever you want is fine. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you can, please uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. That definitely helps. Uh, I've been trying to upload impressions and different stuff like that. And a look back at it's going to be coming back now as well, too. So that's really cool. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week when Jordan hopefully returns. Catch you guys next time. Bye. <laughs>